3: Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, we would love for you to stop by, worship with us, love with us, sing with us, praise with us. I think you'll have, a, as they used to say back in the day, a, a Holy Ghost good time, a Holy Spirit good time. If you would like to know more about Christ Universal Temple, you can stop by our website, which is the, the, the website address is www.cutemple.org or www.cutemple.org. You can click on the multimedia link and see highlights, the sermon and a song of the last three services. And you can uh, get a general feel of the ministry and what we're doing. Make sure you pay attention to the small little things. We have a Flickr account where you can see pictures of different events we've had at the church recently. You know, I think that you will enjoy yourself going on there. And uh, so check us out. Anyway, moving on. Today, we are in the still in the midst of the teaching, the or going through or overviewing the book. What are you by Imelda Shanklin? This is the fourth chapter, the real and the fictitious. And the one thing that I did request of everyone who is following along with the series is to actually get the book. What are you by Mel DeShanklin? I do know that you can still order the book online. I also know that you can order it, um, you know, through some used bookstores and you can download it for free from a, a unity website that. um posted it as a PDF. I put that PDF on my Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell Facebook page. But if you just type in, what are you, Imelda Shanklin PDF, it'll come right up. So if you can watch this show, excuse me, listen to this show, you can download the PDF. You can even download it to a mobile device. It's not that uh, large. It's only about uh, 44 uh, megabits or something like that. So make sure that you download it to your phone or your tablet or whatever so you can take it with you. Study. So even as you are listening to the show, maybe with one device or listening to the show on the same device, you can click over and at the same time have um, the book right in front of you. So make sure you take advantage of the technology that's available to you to help you in your own growth. Now, the reason why I picked What Are You as a book is because one, it's the very first book I ever taught as a teacher in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, on the faculty of the Johnny Coleman Institute, and this book has a you know a, a spot in my heart, a special place because this book is so fundamentally sound, and since it was the very first book that I ever had to teach, and it's so it's structured in such a way to make sure that everybody gets the practical metaphysics uh taught in the New Thought Movement that, you know, I want to make sure I share the gift of this author's inspiration with you. So let's get right to it. In my book, page 56 starts the chapter, The Real and the Fictitious. And she starts off by saying the real is that which has actual existence. It is not theoretical or imaginary. The fictitious is that which is imaginary, counterfeit, false. The real is the permanent. It continues in the same state or without essential change. The fictitious is the impermanent. It does not continue in the same state or without essential change. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of tweak on her language. I'm going to use the term real in existence, even though she says actual existence, because I think a thing can be true spiritually, as real, and something can be in an Of In existence, meaning form or manifestation, that is not necessarily based upon the eternal principles of God. In other words, it can be an adulterated form. So the idea in the mind of God never changes. Forms change. They come in and out of existence all of the time. Anything that's in what we call the the realm of form is always in a constant state of evolution. This is why we'll tell a person that even if you're in the hospital bed, you can affirm I am health because the true you, the truth about you is perfect, whole, and complete. And what we're trying to get people to understand in those moments is when you realize the truth about who you are, that can show up in your temporal form it can express through your physical existence so i want to make sure that when we start talking about real uh uh, and and that which is fictitious we understand that real is the truth about god which is also the truth about you and the fictitious in this context is that which is not based upon or or form as we understand it is not based upon the truth of who you are that's one level but to take it really to where it really needs to go is anything that's in the realm of form is in the constant state of evolution. Now, she gives an example, and I love this. She says, Life is permanent, it does not change. Manifestations of life are impermanent, they change. Now, the same life of God that is in you, through you, as you, as a one-year-old running all over the house or two-year-old, you know, getting into everything is the same life that's in you now. The exact same life. But the manifestation of that life has evolved. The manifestation of that life shows up differently, but it's the same life the Christ, life, the God, life, the spirit as life within you, whatever term you want to use, is the same life. And when you tap into the same life of God that was within you, then you realize as she states later in the book that life is eternal, life is eternal, there is no age in God, but there is age in form. But that is a, but as you understand that there is no agent God, the more you drill that in your own mind, the more you accept that truth in your own subconsciousness, the more of God's life pours through our life. Now, what does that look like? Give an example. If you go to a faucet, one of the things that a faucet will tell you is the water is always running. What the faucet does is when you turn the faucet, you allow the water to come through to come through, hot water, cold water, whatever, and and the amount of water that comes through is determined by how far you turn the the knobs on, or the on the faucet or whatever the handle or whatever it is that allows the water to come through. Now here's the key: the water is always coming through at the same level, but the faucet determines whether it's a drip. Or if it's pouring out. Consciousness, awareness, the mind, the soul determines if the life of God, which is in its fullness, in you, through you, as you, is pouring out as a drip, which shows up means that, you know, very little activity, energy, wholeness, and health, or if it's flowing or pouring out. There's lots of energy and vigor and vitality, health, strength, but it's the same life. So part of working with the real and the fictitious is the realization is that you don't have to make health. You don't have to make life. Life is. You don't have to make prosperity. Prosperity is. You don't have to make peace. Peace is. You don't have to make power. Power is. You don't have to make wisdom and intelligence. Wisdom is but do you have your faucet on and how far is it turned on that will determine how much of the real or the god or the spirit shows up and flows in your experience but it's never life life as she states is permanent it does not change but the manifestations of life are impermanent. They change all the time. Moving on. She states that on, in the, on the next paragraph, if you are spirit, if you spiritually are in a state of amnesia, the fictitious will first claim your attention. In other words, we start looking at outer things to make us happy. People, places and things. Make us happy. Or they make us sad. We have joy. Then we have anxiety. We have frustration. And then we're enthusiastic about something else. And it's always being attached to that which is in a constant state of change, impermanent. There is no peace or truth to be gathered in the manifestation of anything ever no matter how good you think it is. The only true peace, love, harmony, and abundance that you can ever truly have is within your own divine nature. See, this is key because when you're spiritually asleep, she calls it amnesia, when you're spiritually asleep, you might think that Because it's showing up a certain way as good now, oh, that's great. But then if it flips in manifestation, oh, now the world is turned upside down and everything is horrible. No. God just is. God is the love, the peace, the joy, the prosperity, the wisdom in my life. And and when you understand that, then you won't be moved by appearances. The things that claim our attention many times aren't based on anything that's in alignment with the principles of truth. Therefore, when we attach ourselves to them mentally, what ends up happening is we throw ourselves out of alignment because we have attached ourselves to something that we don't have any business being attached to. Biblically, this was taught um, in as don't marry foreign wives. You would hear prophets tell the the Israelites that over and over again in the Bible. Now, let's not take this literally. I'm speaking only about the metaphysics. I don't care who people are with. It, consenting adults loving each other is a beautiful thing. Do you? Now, but metaphysically, in the Old Testament especially, the Israelites represent our spiritual thoughts many times still in the evolution of trying to figure things out. But we can attach or align or quote-unquote marry our spiritual thoughts to foreign thoughts and feelings, beliefs that are inconsistent with the truth of God in us. So when we marry the real of us, To the fictitious in us, the manifestations will be warped. And we weaken, and I'm using this again in quotations the nation of our spiritual consciousness. Every time the Israelites lost their way, they weakened the nation. And every time we think that we can attach our divinity, our spirituality to nonsense and mess, we weaken our ability to demonstrate truth when we need to. And that's key. I'm not saying walk around with a Bible under your arm all the time trying to levitate. What I'm saying is simply this. At a gut vibrational level. Many times you know when something isn't in alignment with you, but your feelings can want them even when your mind says, you know what, this isn't what's best for me. Don't marry your spiritual thoughts to erroneous beliefs and feelings. In the scripture it says, get rid of the wives and the children from those wives. Get rid of those beliefs and feelings and the manifestations of those beliefs or the sub-beliefs that come out of the main belief. Because you can have a belief and sub-beliefs that are born from the, from the parent thought. Now, I haven't gotten that far in this chapter yet. I thought I would be <laughs> further along already, but hey, we go with the flow. She goes on by saying on page 57 in my book, and Adam all die. All that is in the fictitious, all that is a imaginary, all that is counterfeit, all that is false will disintegrate. All that is impermanent will permanently vanish. All reliance on manifestation will cease. In other words, we are not to put our trust and faith in the form, only in the cause, which is spirit. Jesus said you can't trust God and mammon. You can't look for the form to be the source of your supply. The form is the channel. God is the source. And when you get that, you will stop looking for places, people, and things to fulfill you because that's not their job. In and of itself, people, places, and things have no meaning until you give them meaning. So when you give them the meaning of you're supposed to uh, make me happy, you're supposed to fulfill me, you're supposed to satisfy me, you're supposed to Uh, prosper me whatever then you're looking at the form instead of the source and we're setting ourselves up for failure when we do that we have to be mindful we have to be mindful now again I told you before at the beginning of this series that I'm not teaching the whole chapter I'm giving snippets highlight points of the chapter so I already know right now that I'm not going to make it through this whole chapter I haven't made it through any of them yet But the idea is to get you reading so the real teacher, the Spirit of God in you, through you, as you, will instruct and guide as you read and pray about what you're reading. Now, let me remind you, if you want to call in and ask me a question, you can. You can call in to 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Also, remember, as I stated earlier, that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you're on Facebook, please like the page. You can reach out to me through the inbox. Actually, I prefer that, to be honest, because I get notifications for that. And, you know, that way, whatever you write to me is private, et cetera. Many people reach out to me that way. It's a really quick and easy way to get in contact with me. I post positive quote quotes and videos on the page. I think you'll like it. Make sure you check it out and let other people know about it. Uh, also remember that this show was supported by your love offering. So please click on the donate button and on the website, unity online radio. If you listen to this on a podcast, go to unity.fm and click on the donate button to help support this show. Because I believe that unity online radio and shows like this, help transform the consciousness of humanity we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with truth transforms
4: unity online radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics giving to the network is now easier than ever simply text unity radio to 72727 from your smartphone you can make a one time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support.
0: Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile?
2: Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
3: Welcome back. We're again working with the book, What Are You? in the chapter, The Real and the Fictitious. In my book, I'm on page 57. She writes, Amel Shanklin, If you have regained the consciousness of your spiritual identity, you will know the that manifestations change with the changes that take place in your mind. I'll read it again. I want to make sure this lands. If you have regained consciousness of your spiritual identity, you will know that manifestation changes with the changes that take place in your mind. So in other words, nothing in what we call physical existence will remain the same because as minds change, The manifestations of the mind change. So the moment we try to say, "Okay, this is the way something has to be, it's already evolved. The moment is already gone. You know, I can remember learning my maternal grandparents' phone number by stating the letters first. There were no area codes. All I had to do was remember the letters like ST3 or something like that, whatever the rest of the numbers were and dialing it on a rotary phone. Because my grandparents, they love their rotary phones, even though the push phones, push button or dial was around for everybody else. They just love the rotary phone. So. And that was the phone that they were used to. So when you start looking at how people can get stuck in a certain kind of way, this is the way it is. Uh, but if you look at technology, technology changes all the time. I was just watching the news last night, and they were talking about with the way um, um, the Internet works now with the cars that are basically giant computers that even technically a car can get hacked. That's not something that people would even thought of about 10 years ago. But that's something as as technology evolves, we have to make sure that we realize that we're not, we can't live in a world that doesn't exist anymore. You know, you know, you can try as much as you want, but life will go past you. Now, here's the thing. We evolve in many things. We evolve with our technology. We evolve in our, you know, educational modalities. We evolve with um, governments as far as how things are done, you know, laws and things, social concepts. In other words, things were considered taboo at one time are no longer considered taboo. things that were considered okay at one time are no longer considered okay. You know, you know, we have, you know, cases in the NFL now where people are, you know, being indicted for whooping their kids with switches. You know, when I was growing up, kids getting whooped by switches a lot, including me. And, I, and believe me, uh, it's a horrible experience. I don't wish that on anybody. But, the, but neither here nor there. It lets you know that things are always evolving. But here's the one thing that's interesting about religion. Many times people try to make religion or the teachings of a particular religious leader or writings of a particular religious leader or religion so sacred that we don't evolve. And this is key. Now, this isn't a part of what she's saying, but I think this is important because what ends up happening is we use the scriptures many times written in a different context, all of the time written in a different context. In other words, with a different culture. A different psychology, a different worldview, a different political structure, a different you know you know so- social structure goes along with culture and then we try to fit it into a twenty first century context, and everything doesn't necessarily fit with ease, so we try to conform the twenty first century or whatever century into the context of the way a Jewish writer would have written in 500 BC or a, a disciple of Jesus, a disciple of the of a disciple of Jesus writing something in a gospel or, an, or in an epistle. But it just doesn't work like that. See, we have to realize that everything on this side of the fence evolves, even though the truth in us is real. So we have to make sure that we're using scriptures, religious books, inspirational material to guide us back through the maze of our own mind to the truth in us. Nothing should be your authority other than the Spirit of God in you. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't live under the civil liberties of the nation or city or state or county you live in. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that no book is more important than a person. No religious structure is more important than a person because the soul of humanity working with the truth that we have understood has produced all of the religions and holy books that have ever been written. So make sure that your authority is in the word of God in you, which will help give you insight on the scriptures that people call the visible or manifested word. It's not the word because it's sacred. It's sacred because of how we utilize it and what it means to our culture. Something can be of value to you and no value to me. Both are fictitious, but the real is the spirit of God within us that helps give us insight on how to work with the material, but any material or any statement from any religious leader or any religious book that that, that values the religion or the structure over people, in my opinion, is erroneous and fictitious. People come first. Always. 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 Because the word minister means to serve. Serve who? God? You don't serve God. You, that's just, <laughs> What does God need you to serve? You serve people. People. All right. Let me get off of that. I'm moving on. I'm jumping over to page 58. And it states, the real and the fictitious join where primary cause transmutes into effect. Primary cause is mind. Effect is the form created by your personal use of mind. Now I love that. Primary cause is mind. Effect is the form created by your personal use of mind of mind Emmett Fox states it this way he says all causation is mental all causation is mental so if I live in a universe of divine law spiritual law then I have to know that the primary cause of experience is mind and the form is always the effect anytime you see a form there was a mind working with an idea a thought a belief a concept that produced it Nothing is born out of a vacuum. Everything begins in the mind. There's an old book that Jack Addington wrote that's out of print it was titled Psychogenesis. Everything begins in the mind. If we can just get that, psychogenesis. Everything begins in the mind. He says primary, she wrote, excuse me, not he. she wrote primary cause is eternal reality. Effect is eternal. Eternally fictitious. In other words. Again, the manifestation changes. As your thoughts, feelings and beliefs change. All right. It goes on to say page 59. The real world is the world in which God is recognized. The fictitious world is the world in which God is not recognized. See, the thing about it is you can live in a world of form and say, well, where are you, God? Because you're looking for God in the form. Why does God let tsunamis happen and earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and the violence on the streets and, and, you know, all of the things we see and things in the Middle East and genocide and whatever? And the hardcore truth of the matter is simply this. In truth, in truth, not in existence, not in the world of fact, in truth. God is whole and the universe is whole and complete all the time. And the manifestations that we see were created by us. And they have to be cleaned up by us. Working in alignment with the truth, peace, wholeness, and love of God. But there is no God that cleans up the mess. It's only the God that works through your consciousness. That when you open yourself to the wholeness and truth of who God is and you, quote unquote, cleans up the mess. What do I mean by that? That means that if God is perfect health right now, when you open your mind to God's perfect life, you turn on the faucet, more of God's life pours into that experience. And that which was inharmonious now becomes now gets in harmony the things that we're seeing around the world which are created by the discords of the soul and individuals and collectively when we allow the love of God to flow through the heart of man what happens is those type of situations are transformed but God didn't cause it but we want God to clean up the effect no what we have to do is become God-realized truth students and the realization of truth cleans up what we call the error of the world see, you have to be able to look at the error of the world and call it fictitious that doesn't mean we won't do anything but you have to know that it's not true in God therefore it's not true at all it changes, it can change Moment-to-moment. H.M. Lacadian, it wasn't her, it was Myrtle Fillmore wrote in Myrtle Fillmore's Healing Letters that if it doesn't measure up to the Christ standard of perfection, it can be changed. If it doesn't measure up to the Christ standard of perfection, it can be changed, whether that's your body, whether that's your uh, job situation, whether if it's it's your money, it could be your relationships, it could be your business, anything. Get back to the principle of wholeness, peace, love, joy, prosperity, and wisdom, and allow it to work. This is why we do the, the work. This is why we do the study. This is why we do the prayer. This is why we do the meditation. This is why we do the denials and affirmations. This is why we do the visualization. This is why we do the visioning It's to get the consciousness in alignment with what is already true. You don't have to make truth. You don't have to make health. You don't have to make prosperity, but you have to get your mind thinking in alignment with the truth. It's sort of like having a seed. You can have a seed and leave it on a table. And it'll just stay there. It will never do anything. But if you put that seed in the proper soil, it will grow and evolve into whatever is is in potential. So if it's an acorn and you put the tree in the proper soil, it'll grow into an oak tree. Now here's the key. God's ideas of life, love, wisdom, power, and substance need a mind that will allow the idea to evolve in a way that expresses in your life is health, happiness, and prosperity. Reverend Ike used to say that you can go to the ocean with a thimble, a cup, a bucket, or a pipeline to get water. The ocean doesn't care. The substance of God. The abundance of God, the invisible supply of God doesn't care if you come with the expectation in mind of a thimble, of a cup, of a bucket, or a pipeline. The substance will meet the demand placed upon it. That's how it works. I really want this to land because as you're reading this chapter, I want you to be able to make it practical for you. In the real world, there is no lack. In the real world, there is no sickness. In the real world, there is no discord. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You are a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe. Governed by spiritual law. Now, am I saying you don't have a physical existence? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the physical existence is the temporal you. the Fictitious you. Not fictitious in the sense that you don't have factual existence. You do, exactly. But your factual existence evolves and changes. And it is a fact that you didn't exist physically at one point. And it is a fact that one day you won't either. that, That physically, the life force can move on and go into a new experience and the form that was exp- that life force was expressing through will be put down and dissolve. And that's not a bad thing because life is. And you existed before the body and you'll live on beyond it. Why? Because before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. That's what is stated in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So that tells me that. The me that God knew. Is in and of itself. God's own self-expression. Because there's only one power. One life. One mind. One source. God is. God is. The real of me, the real of you and the real of everyone. And it doesn't matter how much they are arresting their potential. It is still true about them. If it's not true for Jeffrey Dahmer, it can't be true for who you consider the most holy person that comes to mind. If the Christ is in the in the quote unquote holy people, then the Christ is in. The quote unquote despicable people if not then it's not true and it's not a principle and we just need to sit down and and put this stuff aside and keep it moving because if what's true about God is true about me then that means the same for everybody so with that as my music is playing we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transformers
0: michaels host of the prosperous life on unity online radio is an author life coach national speaker and the founder and spiritual director of the center for spiritual living in kansas city missouri through his writing coaching and speaking chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives in his book your soul's assignment he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net.
4: You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio.
2: You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Rev. Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms.
3: Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're going to jump to page 62. Page 62 states the future lures you with anticipations, but its promises are handcuffed to postponement. You think I will be great tomorrow. You cannot be great tomorrow if you do not begin to be great today. You do not have to wait until tomorrow for the things that will be lovely for you today. What is not now ready for you never will be ready for you. Nevertheless, all that you can think is is now ready for you. Nevertheless, all that you can think is now ready for you. Beyond what you can think or feel or dream, the scope of God expands with enrichment for you. Why wait? Now, that's a lot of words to explain. One basic thing that you have to get the consciousness of now because the real lives in the now, not in the future and not in the past. If you want to be connected to your power, you have to be in the now. Okay. Now, fa- factually, you might not be in the position that you want to be in right now as far as your health your money, relationship status, business, etc. But primary cause is in the mind. So you have to learn to, to get in the mental space. This is why visualization and visioning are so good. To get your mind in the space of seeing it and feeling it with conviction. Emmett Fox called it the mental equivalent. So you can... See what you need to do. See, for instance, if you um, set a wedding date, say, for instance, you're getting married on June 1st, 2015. Okay, and you clearly see it and you feel it, okay? You You have the ring on your finger. What June 1st, 2015 actually does is it's a future date, but it actually pulls you to the now because that date now pulls you to itself. What do I mean by that? You start to make plans. Okay, what, where do I want the wedding? Uh, what type of dress? What type of tuxedos? How many people do I want in the wedding? Who do I want in the wedding? What type of wedding? Et cetera, et cetera. Who will be the minister? Do I need premarital counseling, flowers, rings, uh, and all of the little things that go along with the wedding? But even though it's a future date, you're living in it in the now. So by the, so when you factually reach the date, you've actually gone through the process mentally over and over in a series of nows. So as uh, uh, stated in the Gospel of John, I go before you to prepare a place for you and I'll come back and receive you unto myself is the concept that's always happening in consciousness. But until you get present to the power you won't be able to project and still be in the now. Your projection will be a carrot on a stick that you're chasing that you you can never attain. That's not the point. What you want to do is get yourself to the space to where you are are feeling prosperous now. Now, I know that can be difficult when you say, well, but... You don't know how much money I owe and how many bills I have and et cetera, et cetera. And I get all of that and I respect all of that. And you're not the first person not to have money. Trust me. The issue comes into play. That means you have to be more diligent. You know, as Les Brown would say you got to be hungry. He didn't say hungry, hungry. So dedicated to, to it that, like Jacob, you will say, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. Wrestle with that idea, wrestle with that concept, turn the TV off, and listen to it, listen to it, listen to tapes, watch videos, while you're working out. You're on the treadmill, you're on the machine, put the headphones on, and you're listening to the inspirational material, you're listening to the inspirational music, you're listening to things, the goal, achievement, and uh, things about spirituality. You set and set a time aside for your prayer, for your meditation, for your study. You're in classes. You're in uh, truth classes. You're in self-empowerment classes. You're in classes that help you in your craft. If you can't right now, quote unquote, pay for it. You're on YouTube finding ways to learn about it, figuring out ways to connect. You're doing internet research. You're figuring something out. You're staying active in motion, being in the now, being in the power, and when you prepare, then the consciousness is open, the faucet opens to the place to where the power, the presence, the love of God rushes into the experience. But you have to prepare that. You have to create that. If you have the mind that will allow you to make Jesus demonstrations, then you can have Jesus demonstrations. She goes on to say, your past is your array of regrets, sorrows, endorsements, Compliments, memories of regret and sorrow often are less inhibitive of growth than are the memories of endorsement and compliments. If you give attention to past triumphs, you neglect your present opportunity for better triumphs. So in other words, don't don't rest on your laurels. You've had some wins. Great. Thank God for them and keep working. Keep pushing it to the limit. Keep pushing it to the limit. You know, one of the things that people who work in sports have to figure out a way to do is when they can't physically play the game anymore, how can they still use the drive and competitive edge that they've developed over the last 20 years into something else? Because you got to use that energy. If you're driven, you just can't sit on the couch and do anything. And if you can sit on the couch and do anything, that means that. You need to pick up some enthusiasm of God and get some fire in your belly and go after the life you desire. To do that, you have to be present. It can't be, oh, I'll do it one day. It has to be now. And it now can mean I'm putting it on my calendar and when it gets there, I'm going to do it. See, sometimes now isn't me. Do it now. Now means I am preparing for the experience I desire. No different than I'm planning for a wedding. Once you put it on the date uh you put on your calendar now you have other things that are on your calendar to help you meet the demand of that date so if you want to go on vacation set a date for it set a date for it you want a new job set a date for it you want to make a certain amount of money by a certain amount of time set a date for it you want to be have some type of physical expression by the time A certain amount of period of health and whatever set a day for. You say, but I might not attain it. Highly possible you won't. But then you'll, but now you'll have a system of measurement. How am I working the principle? Am I staying diligent? Am I doing the things I said I would do? Am I doing them consistently? Am I in integrity with myself? Because when you do those things, then you create an expectation and it is, Napoleon Hill once wrote, a dream is a goal with a deadline. A dream is a goal with a deadline. When you set the, excuse me, when you set the goal, you're living in the power of the now to make it happen. It has become a real thing for you when you set a goal with a date, with a time, with measurements. If you can't measure it, then it's theoretical don't let your truth be theoretical put some expectation on it put a demand on it allow the real of God to show up in in and through the fictitious and show up and show out she writes it this way on page 63 the now of continuous consciousness is the eternity of the real world you got to be in the wind now, she says on page 64, the tick of eternity's clock says now, 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 now. There is no time in God, right? That's true. There isn't. Therefore, once you set a date, God, can, God working through your consciousness as divine law can fulfill it w- way quicker than you might think it's possible. But until you actually put a date down and some structure around it, if you don't build the systems in your life, then you won't get the results you want. Now, trust me, everybody's life has a system. You get up to basically the same way around the same time. You, you you shower or bathe the same way, get dressed the same way, brush your teeth the same way, shave the same way, et cetera, et cetera, eat the same way, normally eat the same foods, et cetera. So hear me when I say this. Your systems in life are giving you exactly what you have ordered. If you want different results, you have to create new systems or evolve the ones that are currently in place. Your life is already working on a system. Even if the system is watch TV all day, watch, read the gossip and the, and all of the other stuff, play on my phone, play on games or whatever. And I'm not knocking any of that stuff. That might be what you want. If you want that, to God be the glory. But I do know that you can't do that stuff and get the life you say you want if all of your time is being taken up on things that will not take you where you want to go. I know someone that's right now who is a lifelong martial artist who is currently at the Shaolin Temple studying right now right now. That means a date had to be set, a plane ticket had to be bought, money had to be saved for food and lodging and things of that nature. It wasn't just, like, oh, I got up one day, I think I'm going to go to China and become a Shaolin disciple. He had to live in the now of what that meant. And now he has an experience. So, there's some affirmations on on page 71 again and then teach the whole chapter but hey read the chapter yourself that's your job next week read the chapter after this one and be prepared for it before the show the affirmations are God's world is the real world one two in God's world life is eternal three in God's world good is unending four I live in God's world of eternal life and endless good So we're going to wrap it up today. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you.
2: Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and
0: Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Reverend Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself, Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening.
1: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Ranster to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogun blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogun live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio.